0: are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I want you to turn in your Bible to Joshua chapter 14 and Numbers chapter 14. We'll get a few verses in each one of them tonight. You know, most of you know uh, uh, the story here when Moses sent uh, these 12 men out. God says now when he brought them out of Egypt, the children of Israel, uh, he said, I, 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 I'm going You're going into the land of Canaan. Now you know there's a lot of wilderness before you get there. Canaan was not a type of heaven. It's a place of victory for the child of God. And uh he said, "He said that's uh, God give you that land. A lot of battles to be fought to come there. Okay, they get started, and then uh, Moses, twelve tribes. So Moses sent a man from each tribe to go view uh, view the land and see if you remember. Okay, they went, and ten of them come back and said it'd be good, but uh, said we're like grasshoppers in the eyes." They're uh, they're like giants over there, us grasshoppers. Be good, but we just can't take it. Uh, But there was two that said they could. And uh, here in Numbers, in the 14th chapter, look at the last verse in the 13th chapter of Numbers there, would you? Just stand up with me, if you will. Now that that last verse, notice, I just said that, but he said, And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come out which come of the giants and we were in our own sight in our own sight notices grasshopper and so we were in their sight now and you go right in the next chapter and it said then all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried and the people wept that night that's the 14th of numbers now and all the children of israel murmured against Moses, and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in this wilderness? Well, I could go on with several several uh, uh, verses here in that 14th chapter of Numbers. Uh, look, at, look at verse 24. He said, But my servant Caleb, because... He had another spirit with him, and hath followed me fully. Him will I bring into the land whereinto, uh, it, whereinto he went, and his seed shall possess it. And uh, we can read on. But now, my main scriptures in the 14th chapter of Joshua. You got it there? All right. I'm just skipping around here this afternoon, looking at some of these. The 14th chapter of the book of Joshua. Now, I want you to notice here, now, remember, ten of these men said it'd be good to have it. God says he can have it. But there's only two of them who went on. And uh, let me just skip over here, if it would, verse 6 of that 14th chapter of Joshua. Verse 6. Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua uh, in Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephani, the Kenizzite, said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me, and thee, and Kadesh Barney. Look what he said. I was forty years old, in verse seven, when, I was, when I, I was forty years old, was I when Moses, a servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barna to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. Nevertheless, my brethren, that, they, that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But notice what he said. But I, you see that little word holy? Yeah. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swear on that day, saying, Sure, the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance, and thy childrens forever, because thou hast, you see that word again, Holy followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these forty-five years, even unto uh, since the Lord spake this, uh, this word unto Moses. While the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now, lo, I am this day 4 so eighty-five years old, and yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now, for war to go out and to come in. And, and he goes on and talks about it. But this word holy, you find it over and over where he said, but I wholly followed the Lord. All right, now stand right there just a minute. Then I read uh, over here in the last chapter of First Thessalonians, and Paul is closing this letter. And listen to what he said in verse 23 of of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, if you want to find it, notice what he said here now, in verse 23, and the very God of peace sanctify you, and you find that word again, holy, and I pray God, your whole spirit, your whole spirit, notice that now, your and soul and body be preserved blameless, not sinless, but blameless, unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I pray that you'd help me to be a blessing. I pray the Holy Spirit will use the Word of God uh, to bring forth that would honor you and encourage a believer and help us tonight. Thank you for the good message we've heard. Now, Lord, speak to and through us tonight, and we'll give you the praise. And I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Now, tonight I want to talk to you on this thought tonight. I got this word holy. And you know what that means, just complete everything, holy. And you'll find this over and over in this 14th chapter of Joshua, and also in the 32nd chapter of Numbers, and in the, in the 14th chapter of Numbers, you'll find over and over, but he, they wholly followed the Lord, my friend. They wholly followed the Lord. You know, that's what we need, is to just make up our mind to follow the Lord. Uh, listen, you and I who have been saved, we're not our own. We've been bought with a price. I never will forget. I put it down. We have a man in our church, Mr. Hooser, Baz Hooser. He's been with the Lord for years. Mike was one of the best Sunday school teachers and loved the Lord. And he told me this story. He said years ago in Kansas, uh, where maybe I guess you still have them, but them big old wheat fields. And he said some of them had 100, 100 uh, acres of wheat fields. And this man had got saved. This, this actually happened. He was telling me about it. Had got saved. He, he owned this 100-acre wheat field. And he said that year, he said there was millions of grasshoppers came and literally just ruined uh, the wheat that year. And he said that, he said that, that fellow was down to this little grocery store there one day and he said, a fellow, you know, walked up and said, Well, are you a Christian? He said, Yes, sir, I've been saved. And he said, What kind of God would you serve? I said, That big old field out, Chandra, that you would serve uh, to let the grasshoppers ruin that. And that fellow said, You got this all wrong. That's not mine, that's God's. And he said, If he wants to feed his wheat to the grasshoppers, that's his business, it's not mine. Now, I like that. If me and you would surrender to God's will like that, we wouldn't get up tight all the time. Sitting around wondering, why is this and why is that? God knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. And here he sends these 12 men out. And they get over there and they quit walking by faith and by what God says, you see. And they look at them big old giants and look at all them Jebusites and knights and all in that land and all that's got to be defeated. And they said, it sure would be nice. But he said, we just can't do it. And them them men, them ten men go back, and they tell them back over there, said, now, uh, it'd be nice. I know the Lord said, but no way. And then they got wrong at Joshua and Caleb because they said, oh, yeah, we can. Well, how come you can't? Because God said so, you see. But how about them big old uh, giants? God's in control of this thing. And the Bible says over and over, and they wholly followed the Lord. They just kept on following God. Now i got about six or eight points down here that I just want to share with you. If we'll wholly follow the Lord, it'll happen in our life. And I could go on with some New Testament scriptures. I think about Peter, you know. He wondered what he is going to have it left all, and Jesus said, no man left all. What, he won't have more in this life, and in the life eternal to come, and so on and so forth. My friend, let me tell you, I don't like to hear a man talk about what he's given up for the Lord. I don't like, I have get up anything. It's any good. I, I remember, I remember back yonder, I was raised on a farm. My daddy was a Baptist preacher. My daddy owned a farm. He wasn't able to uh, because he, he had a bad heart. My dad dropped, preached on Sunday and dropped dead at 39, uh, worked a public job at, on, uh, on Monday morning. Daddy's been in heaven 72 years. And, uh, and, I, and, I, and I remember that. He loved the Lord and, and, and had a good testimony and good old fashioned preacher and all of that. And I remember how I got me a job, and I was working at a job. I'm going to tell you this right quick. And I was working at a job, and i come home one evening late. I was working back when you used to go from door to door and collect your life insurance. And i doing that. you, see, and had to work late. I got in about 7, 7.30 that night, and Gospel Light was three miles from me. It had a pastor, I remember when it was started. My home was three miles, I mean, my my home church was three miles the other way. And uh, I'd been called to preach, written, really didn't want to preach. I just afraid God's going to kill me if I didn't surrender. I felt so good that I was willing to then. But I come home and I was eating supper. Now, some of you people is dinner, but we eat dinner about 12, 1 o'clock, supper, supper time. Anyway, uh, we was eating supper. And Jackie said, uh, Jackie said there's been uh, some fellows from this Gospel Light Baptist Church just left you and want to talk to you and be back. I would heard that Preacher Long, the man who started, he's there seven years, was going into evangelism. I'd heard that. Anyway, I was eating and the horn blowed in the yard. And I got up in summertime and went to the door, the front door was open, and some old fellow said, how about I come out here to the car a minute? I went out there and there's four old, old fellas in the little 52 Chevrolet, two in the front, two in the back. Said, you, you, you know us? We're from Gospel Light over here. I said, I would preached there two or three times. And I said, well, I remember seeing you. You know, Brother Long is going into evangelism. He's moving to Tennessee. I said, I heard about that. We've been praying. We've been trusting God. We want the Holy Spirit to lead us. And we believe that the Holy Spirit is leading for you to be our pastor. They didn't ask me where I'd been to school. They didn't even ask me if I could read and write. They didn't say we want a resume, not a thing. Well, that shocked me, and I said, well, I don't know, fellas. I said, I, I, I don't know about him. We don't expect you to tell us tonight. You just pray, and we'll be praying. We'll get in touch with you later, Drove off. It, it, it lingered on for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then I heard they would voted me in. <laughs> <laughs> and, and before I even told them. And I'd have to tell you a long time, but God showed me that's what He wanted me to do. And I was making, I was making a hundred and forty dollars a week on my job. Now don't think I give up anything. I'm going to tell you all this, but I'm going to tell you right quick since and start. One hundred and forty dollars. I had two old cars. I had a, I had a a, a, a Ford, a forty nine Ford, and a and a fifty two Plymouth. And uh, and and we was doing fine. And, and, and God showed me that's what He wanted me to do. Well, it didn't happen 150 people, and they just want me to keep my job. And them fellows said, Now, remember, we're on, we want you full time. Said, We put Brother Long on, on full time a year or two ago, took him off job. We want you full time. And I said, Well, the company wants me to say, I can know you're going to be full time. And he kept saying, I didn't ask him, kept saying, uh, We pay $65 a week. And we want you full time now. And they wouldn't let me take it unless I took it full time. And in my mind, nobody knew but the Lord and my wife and I. How I was, it's taken $140. And now, 65, how am I going to do it? And I couldn't figure out. And that's why I kept wanting to keep my job and they wouldn't let me. And we sold one of our cars, the old 49 Ford. I sold $150. The man paid me 50 and he never did pay me the rest. I'll get it when I get to have my guess. So I, I kept that one car. But I didn't forget. And we was buying, by the way, our car. We built us a little house, you see. And we was paying $60 a month house payment. And uh, the company that I was working with was life insurance. But they had a hospital policy on us. And, and, and there's no benefits. I mean, that's it. No car, no house, no nothing, no nothing. We and those fell felt felt like that's great. We give you $65, but you got to quit your job. And we prayed and prayed, my wife and I did. And I didn't we didn't tell anybody. But I left my job. And my boss, he asked me, What are you getting at? And I told him he laughed, of course, he didn't understand. The world don't understand, you know. But folks, I've never wanted for anything. Listen. I might have $1 in my hand pocket and somebody shake hands with me at church and leave a 5 or $10 bill when I didn't have anything else. I remember my wife, and we would not about to starve, but we were sitting there talking one day, and we weren't going to get no groceries that weekend. We had beans and potatoes and stuff to eat, but we were we just going to wait because we didn't have the money. One evening, sitting there, and, and about 5 o'clock, somebody knocked on the door, and I went to the door. And uh, it was one of my men. He's a plumber. And uh, I said, won't you come in? He said, man, I'm filthy. Been under house working. He said, preacher, I got to go on. I'm just on my way home. I don't know where you need this or not. But if you don't, you give to somebody. But for three days, it's been on my heart. God want me to give you something. I left a hunk of money in my hand. We were just talking about it. And I went back, and I said, honey, and I told her, and she started squalling and took off the bathroom, fell on down her, her um, uh, on her knees and started praising God. Those were gracious times, my friend. And I have never given up anything for God. It wasn't long. I don't know how long it was. They gave me a $20 a month, I mean $20 a week raise, and, and, uh, and then this, and this, and this, and this. And, and back then, you know, they thought parsonages was great. <laughs> They thought parsley was great, you know. They wanted to build me a parsley. This other man didn't have it. And I was pay, I paid on my little old house over there. And uh, so we got to, God bless him. We kept in debt. And I said, Deacons of Meat, we want, and I said, let's wait, let's wait. And we put that thing off for about 10 years. And then they got out of debt. They said we're gonna build you a parson. I told Jackie, I said if you build it, our little house is all right for us. But uh, now we got four kids. If we ever need any more, we'd need it now. And next, and they built me a big old house to live in. And uh, I remember it cost them thirty-nine thousand dollars to build it. I've got three big bedrooms, two and a half baths, full-size basement, two-car garage, big old utility room. Big old living room. I mean, I mean, big wide hall. I mean, it's, it, I think it's 300 and some thousand now, if you, I believe is what the it's were. And I've been living there 50, uh, no, I've been living there 48 or 9 years now, I guess. And you know what they did? When I was at my, when I was there at 50 years at Gospel Light, I was preaching somewhere and come home. And they said, Brother Bobby, our church voted. As long as you or Miss Jackie, either one is alive. You're to live out there in that parsonage. It's to be kept up. Don't cost you a dime. Where you're able to pastor or if you resign today, you live there as long as either one of you, it's yours. Now, you couldn't beat something like that, could you? And I'm living there now. You know, my wife's been in heaven now four months. My youngest daughter and her husband, she's got two kids and three grandkids, so they're living with me. And we just got all kinds. I haven't mowed my yard in 35 years. (laughs) That's right. Sometime I look out and and I hear something out there and look, and it's, it's the oil man putting oil in my tank. Let me tell you, God's good to me. And I found out this. If me and you will just try to obey Him, we belong to Him. And when He said, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you," you're looking at a boy that has been blessed of God. My goodness! You know, I got to tell you this: four years ago, they asked me to preach it to you at the, at, uh, at Hammond. I preached there one time years ago. Uh, preach at that uh, pastor's fellowship. Some of any of you there that night was there. You was there that night, and I preached on Wednesday night. That big old building looked like full, and and I sat down. and It was in March, and that pastor said, uh, uh, he said, uh, Brother Bobby, we know that your uh, your uh, birthday's in August. Well, I don't know how he found it out, but I found out they'd called my daughter, I guess. She's my secretary. Anyway, and said, this is March, and, but we're going to celebrate your birthday tonight. Well, I thought, how nice. So two ladies come up on the platform and, and, and put a cake down there. And I said, thank you. you know. And uh, so then he handed me a little box. And he said, he said now, he said, uh, we want you to open that. I took the wrapper off and I opened it. And and inside it looked, I'm so ignorant. I'd never seen that. And I thought it was a little bit too small for a cell phone. But I thought this must be a, some kind of new cell phone they're giving me. And uh, he said we want you about 9 o'clock at night. I said now just hold that a minute. Say said we want you to turn to the right and just look. And I did and and that big old building up there at the First Baptist Church, the side began to move. And here come two t- two headlights of a car creeping in. Come down to altar. as a brand new Lincoln stopped right there in front. And this fellow got out. And I stood there and the pastor said, now you won't need a key for that. I still couldn't figure out what he's talking. He said, you just... You just use this, and you won't need a key and all that. And said, "We want to give you that, brother." I don't know what I said that night. She was there. I started crying. I started crying. I kept saying, "You can't! You can't!" They said, "We can." I'd been preaching sixty years, and then someone got a hold of it. And I called my daughter. They had done heard of at home, and my wife, and I said, "I said." <laughs> I said, you, you you heard about what they did? Yeah. And I said, cancel that flight. I was supposed to speak to some preacher boys on Thursday, on Wednesday, Thursday morning, and fly out Thursday. I said, cancel that flight. I'm going to drive his car home. And 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 they said, it's too far. It's 1,000 miles. I said, no. And I left there at 2 o'clock on Thursday evening. And that fellow over to Lincoln Place, he come and spent 30 minutes showing me. I still don't know what all that stuff is. That thing's got everything on I had never drove a car with a GPS. And that thing got one built in. That man said, now, where do you live? What, uh, what, city, what town? I mean, what state? And I don't, you know, he was from the Lincoln Place. He put all that in there. He said, now, this will take you home. And I left there at 2 o'clock, and his, some woman's voice talked to me all night. <laughs> I called my, call my wife, but every two hours, she is so worried, you know, all night. And I drove all night. I'd get on the wrong road, and that thing would say, now in the next exit, you turn around, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I, 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 I told Jeff, I thought, now what's this? I pulled in my house 20 minutes to 5 next morning. And I thought, now what's that thing going to do when I get to the house? And you know, when I got right in front of the house, that thing said, now you have arrived at your destiny." What's <laughs> some of this stuff? So I am driving a Lincoln with, I mean, one of the top lines. And, and and the church, my twenty-fifth year there, they come up to say, "We're going to start furnishing you a car. He's going to get me a new car every two years." And I said, "No, I won't do that. No, that's too much money thrown away. I uh, know I drive twenty-five, thirty thousand a year. I said, I don't need no new car. So they set up so much money. I think five thousand a year. If I needed to trade, I could. So I I never had a new one." But I've had old town cars from way back. You know, they, they depreciate right much. Give me one two or three years old and then run a lot of miles. And, and so if I don't spend that 5000 this year, I have it next year, I'll have ten. And so I've got, I've got two Lincolns now. I'm, and I'm some man, and huh? I? I got, I got a town car. I bought it in 10. It's not one year old. It was one year old. I traded older one, one year old. and That fellow over there in Weston he said you got to see this preacher. Like two hundred miles, having uh, five thousand miles is a year old. Five thousand miles. Some old gentleman bought it and just traded off. So I got that in ten. It was one year old. It's got about 88,000 on it now. So I put it in the garage at the home at my house, and I leave it a month and drive that Lincoln they give me. Then I put it in there and and. They said, Boy, you're a wheel, are you? I said, You're not kidding, man. I, I'm a wheel. One of them belongs to the church. They keep it up, but I have i have to keep that other one going all the time. But I'm just saying, I don't know why I got into all that stuff tonight, but I'm just saying God is good. And I failed Him so much, but He has been so good to me that when I seek Him first, every time He'll come back with something sweet. You may go through something bad. And these boys right here, my friend, they they was criticized, they were threatened and all that, but they stood wholly following the Lord. Amen. I want to say quickly, and I'll quit. I put down number one: if men you'll holy follow God, we won't be a stumbling block. Amen. Now now listen, here's ten here's ten fellers. God says it's yours. Here's ten fellers said we can't do it. Have you ever thought about this? You know all them. All them Jews that died out there from 20 years old up in that wilderness. If they had had leaders that took God's word, it, they, they, they would have went right on in to the promised land. But there was 10 of them with stumbling blocks because they didn't wholly follow the Lord. Now I'll say this, my friend. If you've got children and grandchildren and, and people looking at you, uh, you better wholly follow God. Now, it may come a time when they, might, and if you holy father God, they're not going to, they're not going to like that. Listen, I told you last night, I got 25 great grandchildren. They love their pawpaw. Oh, Paul's all right. He's just getting old and he don't know we're changed. You see, but they still love me, but he's a little nutty. Some of them think. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? But I say this there's never been a pawpaw where they loved and respected any more than they yeah. do me. Amen. The other day, one of my little great granddaughters, I like butterfingers. And somebody come to me and said, the little, this particular granddaughter, she's nine, ten years old. And uh, she, she's a great granddaughter and said she picked them out a bunch of candy uh, back here when it's he giving candy. I said, that's Papa's best kind and you go give them to him. They think it's the sun's setting right. But this is, that's not the point. If I have to go by the way of the grave, I want by the grace of God to let my kids know that I've stood true to God. Amen. My precious wife, Amen. Lord, she was an old time Christian. If she said this one time, she said a dozen times. She'd sit there, she didn't feel good, and she said, Daddy, she said, it bothers me if the Lord don't come back. The way our churches are changing today, many of our great-grandchildren will never know what old-time religion is. And that's the truth. Now, what I'm trying to say, we don't want to be a stumbling block. Let's let's do like Joshua and Caleb. Let's just take God... And go on in His Word, and stand, stay true to church, stay true to old time religion, stay true to where God's give you, my friend, and God will bless you. Then I put down a second thing. That will not stop at criticism either. <laughs> now they didn't stop. I could go on to several, but they. But listen, if any man lives godly in Christ Jesus, he's going to suffer persecution. Now, what do y'all say? Well, they want to kill. Joshua and Caleb. They, they, why? They're doing the right thing and wanting to kill them. I think about Peter and John over there in Acts chapter 5, you know, and they put them in prison. God delivered them out that night. And they tried to stop them. And Peter said, we, we must obey God rather than man, you see. And God brought them through. That's what I'm trying to say. So, uh, let me say there, we be criticized, but stand true. I believe the preacher here mentioned Elijah and Elisha. When old Elijah was going up, and everywhere Elisha followed him, and some of those little preacher boys would say, did you know he's going to leave? Yeah, but you leave me alone. I've got to keep my eyes on him. And he'd go to the next place, the next place, and finally old Elijah looked around and said, what do you want? He said, I like what you got. I like to have twice that much. God gave him that power, and he came and God used him because he didn't let criticism stop him where he went. So let's forget about criticism and let's get our eyes on the Lord and on the promises of God and keep going, my friend. God hasn't changed. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the Word of God has not changed, my friend. And so why should you and I change? You say, well, we can reach the crowds. Well, uh, what's the crowds? Uh, you can reach them in anything what's that if they're not according to the word of God All right, and then I put down your third thing and I think I've already told. but we won't be defeated by the giants what do you mean with that preacher well they were threatened they told that they'd be defeated but if you read it in Numbers 13 30 they just kept on going and you know what he said in Numbers 14 verse 8 and 9 Caleb said, well, there'll be bread for us. God will take care of it, you see. And you, you won't stop because there's giants. No, uh, no, if we'll keep following him. And then I put out a fourth thing here. We'll, we will be experiencing the strength and hand of God. Now, you reading that in the 14th chapter and the 10th verse right there. I read it a while ago. <laughs> old Caleb said I was 40 years old. Yeah. And now I'm 85. I heard Dr. Howell say, I wonder if he... Thought he didn't hadn't had that strength. No, it wasn't his strength. It was God's strength. But he said, "Now for these forty-five years, he's forty-five years has passed. I'm as strong now as I was then." By the way, don't you think you're getting old? You better take a vow. No, I'll still take that mountain. You see what I'm saying, my friend? It takes God to do that. That's what I'm trying to say. And and uh, and, and I'm I'm just saying, uh, God will give the strength if we'll just wholly follow him. Amen. He'll do that. And then I want to say this. They never lost their faith. They never lost their faith. You read that 14th chapter. Uh, there's, I mentioned a while ago, in verse 12, he said, now give me give me this mountain here. And uh, there's those enemies, they didn't stop him. He never lost his faith, you see, in the promises of God. If we'll be willing to follow him, we'll do that. And then I want to say this. God protected them through the wilderness. Now, if you go back in Numbers 14, you'll find in verse 37 and 38 that a lot of them died out there in the wilderness by plagues. But God brought these boys right through. You see, your strength and my strength come from him. You know. Uh, I don't know how long I'll be preaching, and you don't either. You see. But he knows. You see what I'm saying? I mean, I'd be surprised if I died tonight. I really would, but I might do it. But that's not the point. It's just just following the Lord, you see. God don't want every man, I'm not trying to set no record or anything like that. God don't want every man to pastor a church forever like I have, but it's the will of God. See, it may not be the will of God for everybody, but as long as it's the will of God, you see. And I'm just saying this, that that uh, that we need, God will protect us. And then I love, I love this thought I put down. They never grew weary and never lost their zeal. Isn't that a blessing? Think about it. Never lost their zeal, never grew weary. You read it in that 11th verse right there. And uh, as he said, as I was strong that day, I am now. Right. That zeal was still there. Why? Because... They were following what God says. You understand what I mean? That's what I mean. And that's what you and I need to do. And then I put out something else. I'm almost through right here. You notice Joshua was a leader. Caleb was with him. And you know, he never grew jealousy of his leadership. If you and I follow God, we won't argue who's going to be the head knocker and all that. Because God's a head knocker. You see what I'm saying? God's a head knocker. I've got a wonderful assistant pastor. I hope he's, hope I can say that forever uh, as he's with me. Frank was saved uh, I think three or four months before he came to gospel light. He's been I've been his pastor forty some years now. He's been my assistant twenty eight years, and uh, I love to see a man that's just settled. It's not always up here, 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 here. and and he's had chance four or five churches to pastor around there, never moved where he, he lives in his own home, never moved from where he's at. But he, so far, he said, well, that's not God's call for me. God called for me as assistant pastor. And he's always trying to take off of me. Preacher, don't you want me to do this? Don't you do? And he's taking something all the time. He, he don't want to be the pastor. I asked him the other day, I said, Frank, If I should die, I didn't talk to him about it. If I said, if I should die and he wanted you to pastor, would you pastor? He said, well, I wouldn't leave him hanging. I'd help him long enough to get him one. (laughs) Yeah. See, listen, if me and you would be willing to follow the Lord, we don't have to go through life frustrated and this and this and this and this. Bless God. We'll have troubles, but we can go through life with the peace of God down in our soul. And be happy all the time. And and this man never go and and then if you'll notice that last that fourteenth verse, they they stopped over at Hebron. Hebron is a type of fellowship at the fellowship place. But what I didn't mean to ramble so much, I got started on all this other thing, and we're gonna tell you and please what I said tonight, don't you give me any credit for, for sticking and doing that and, and coming out of that salary and all, don't you give me any credit. There's one fear that I've had all these years at Gospel Light. No flesh is going to glory in the presence of God. And I think sometime if we're not careful, we're human preachers, and we get blessed, and God has to jerk the rug out from under us to show us. Lester Roloff, we we had the joy of having a whole lot in our church. He used to make this statement. And, and it, it really stuck in my mind. He said, I want to see God do something so great that man will have to say God done that. Man man couldn't do it. God done that. And that's what me and you you see. I pastor a, a miracle church, but it's not Bobby Robinson. It's God. It's got 13, 14 uh, building projects through the years and And all that, half of my congregation, bus youngins, and uh, and no wealthy people there. I I don't know, but it goes, it just, for I guess 20 years or more, uh, we've been operating debt-free. You know, just to God, that's what I'm doing. You just have to say it's God. About two or three months ago, I got a call from a lawyer in Winston-Salem. We're eight miles out of Winston. And he said, "As a feller, his last name was New, Nukes. He had no relatives. Be honest, I couldn't even remember him, but I, they said that man loved gospel light and they picked him up in Winston there, some of the buses for 10, 12, 14 years. And he got saved there and was baptized in our other, in our teen church down there. And he died. And I got a call till three months ago in a letter and they said, this man has got a big percentage of what he's got made the gospel white, Baptist Church. And they're in the process of selling that thing. And I'm not. they think it will be somewhere between $100,000 to $150,000. And he's a bus kid. <laughs> Let me tell you. Follow the Lord. You'd be surprised.